0: Show. Yeah, it's been a really long time. It really <laughs> is. You don't even remember the welcome anymore, do you? Here, how
1: about I do it? Hello and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. Back at you after three long four long weeks away.
0: Back at you, huh?
1: Back at you. It's
0: just like one of the 3D things where the, you know, like, yeah. well,
1: no, this is not this is not a 3D episode <laughs> oh, okay. in a podcast that has no video. <laughs> Wow. That COVID did you wrong.
0: 3D audio.
1: Yeah, I'm not yelling at our two listeners.
0: See, first I'm over here, and now I'm over here.
1: Get out of my (laughs) microphone. You know, I suggested that he start recording a little early so that we could do maybe a cold open and be really cool because it would be a peek behind the curtain. Little did I know he was going to take me seriously. Anyway, we've been gone for a very long time.
0: Well, you know, we have to remember how to do this thing.
1: You know, this would have been the graceful time to have an exit.
0: That's what you (laughs) wanted to do.
1: Um, We've been gone. uh, So we didn't want to tell anybody, but we left the country.
0: You know, that is really not a nice way to refer to Alaska.
1: It was not referring to Alaska.
0: They get really annoyed when you go and you buy something in a store and you go, well, how much is that in American dollars? They get really upset by that.
1: That's good because neither one of us did that. (laughs) We started in Alaska, but we left the country and went to Canada.
0: We did, and we stared at a tree for seven hours.
1: (laughs) You wanted to take the train.
0: Oh, come on. We enjoyed the train
1: staring at the tree we stared at that that tree so long it changed (laughs) colors and lost all its leaves
0: you know I was talking today to somebody from Canada who happens to work actually works in the model trade industry but he works in the railroad industry and when I said yeah you know about two weeks ago we took the Canadian from Vancouver to Jasper and we got stuck for nine hours he goes yeah that happens
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that's a thing. Our bartender told us that the longest she's been held up was a 48-hour delay. A 48-hour
0: delay. You know, it's never a good sign when you're sitting in the dining car, enjoying actually a really good meal. It was a fantastic meal. But when you're sitting in the dining car and you're watching as one of the server staff goes wandering (laughs) by... With this big jug on it that says on the front of it, emergency water supply. Yes.
1: <laughs> and the scary part is we watched that emergency water supply go by twice. Yeah. Yeah. Nine <coughs> hours. After being on the train for <coughs>
0: 19. Yeah. Although, you know, we had our own sleeper. Which is- beds well okay it was was better than being stuck on a plane in coach for four hours
1: truth absolute truth it was better than being in coach
0: and the fact that if we wanted to get up and go wander we had that opportunity and we could go wander further than we would have been able to on a plane
1: well that is true you could wander as long as you only wandered in a straight line, and you could go further. And that was because the dining car was 17 cars away from where we were.
0: All right, I think it was five, but okay. It felt like whatever. It was a 22 car train.
1: And we were slap dab in the middle of it, which we meant we were near nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, and those <coughs> hallways are so narrow
0: yeah there was that and I'm pretty sure at least twice we encountered folks who deliberately groped us just saying
1: I know for a fact I was groped <laughs> and not by you
0: <laughs> I think that same person groped me too if it's any <laughs> consolation he was a little weird
1: he was a little handsy <laughs> yeah I mean it's weird when you're, I mean, beyond the handsy, gropey guy, it was weird because you'd get to a point, it's like a one-way bridge, like a covered bridge yeah. with one lane. Somebody's got to back up. You got to back up to a, a semi-wide spot. And then it is everybody suck in and lean up against the wall so you can shimmy around each other. Um, and then there were those poor people that had to sleep in their coach type seats
0: so they weren't coach type seats, because that wasn't coach. It wasn't coach. That co- was further up. Right. It was... <clears throat> they were sleepers, so what they had was basically during the day, they had what was essentially a sofa.
1: Yeah. It was like a loveseat.
0: And it converted into a bunk, but the only thing that... But that's all they had was a bunk on the main passageway and curtains. Right. So, you know, actually, you know what it, what it was like?
1: What was it like?
0: Lower decks.
1: Oh, it was exactly like lower decks, but the hallway was like...
0: Narrower. but
1: Much narrower.
0: But it was just like lower decks where all the ensigns sleep in the hallway on the Cerritos. It was the same thing.
1: Okay. Um, to the four, And there was no Mariner. And there was no <laughs> Mariner. If anything, you were Mariner.
0: Okay. Kick-ass, take no crap from anybody. I'll take that. A rebel... I'll take that.
1: Pushy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So for the mass majority of our listeners who don't know what we're talking about, if you happen to have a subscription to Paramount Plus and are a Star Trek fan, there is an animated series, and I know, everybody sit down and be shocked, I'm recommending an animated (laughs) series, an animated series called Lower Decks. And I think that their intro... um, in the first season was probably the best that, you know, Star Trek focused on first contact.
0: And this is the ship that does second second contact. contact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's all the administrative stuff. Um, But these are, these are all the, the lower people, the people that make the ship run, not the bridge officers. Um, And it's their stories and it's funny as all get out. And thoroughly enjoy it but yes it is it was the sleeping arrangements of lower decks
0: there you go yes and you know we we had a very good dinner in at the top of the calgary tower which is no longer the tallest building in calgary which was a little disappointing
1: and it's true uh, it was called sky 360 because it revolved It was not revolting. It was revolving.
0: It's an important (laughs) distinction now.
1: Um, Apparently, if you try to type revolving into my phone's autocorrect, it comes up as revolting.
0: Wow, you must have gotten some interesting responses from revolting restaurant.
1: (laughs) I I did have to (laughs) manually autocorrect the autocorrect because autocorrect is drunk and she needs to go home. Um, I caught it before it went out, which is much better than the number of times I have sent out ducking which is a completely Mm. other useless word I have never, ever actually typed in my life. So anyway, we've been on vacation for three weeks. Um, And then we came back home and we could have possibly had an episode last week, except that we slept for three straight days because we were on vacation for three weeks. Well,
0: okay. So to to summarize what that vacation was and why we slept for three days, we traveled via Four air five airplanes oh I see I should pull up the, the full number here so that I have the complete you need rundown. the whole stats yeah because
1: we don't have the great big book of everything for our travel
0: All right so the full list of modes of transport that we took that had us so exhausted five airplanes, four boats one cruise ship six taxis, eight buses, plus one ice bus, which is completely different from a regular bus because this drives on the glaciers. One ice bus, four minibuses, two vans, three trains, a hovercraft, and a revolving restaurant.
1: Which is not a revolting restaurant. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, We also averaged something close to, between the two of us, well, At the time I checked, we had walked 81 miles.
0: Yeah. And that was deliberate. Yes. Because we knew that if we sat on our butt the whole time, we'd gain a lot of weight, which we may have done anyway. But, you know, hey.
1: I kept it under five. I'm just I'm very (laughs) proud of that. Um, It was an excellent trip. It was absolutely excellent. Um, For those that need to know the behind the curtain stuff, it was our 20th anniversary trip three years late. Um, thanks COVID. Um, but it was exactly what we needed. It was a a good break, but we did a pre-cruise tour through Alaska. Um, did a cruise and then we did a post-tour through the Canadian Rockies. Um, which is some of the most beautiful country I have ever seen in my life.
0: Now, while we were gone, we had three races. We caught two. We caught one of them. So we managed to watch qualifying and the Dutch Grand Prix live live we happened to have lucked into that one and we were able to watch only qualifying for Monza? F- yeah. No, for Spa.
1: No.
0: No, we saw Spa before we left.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Spa was yeah, before it was we
0: qualifying left. Qualifying for Monza, we couldn't watch the race because oddly enough even though the cruise ship doesn't have a license for F1 but they can show ESPN they showed the qualifying and they blacked out the race
1: something like that I, I, I
0: yeah I can't figure out what
1: so we thinking. didn't get to see <clears throat> Monza but you said there was a third race that was Singapore today was the third race
0: oh no because we did see Spa so I was right we missed two
1: we were away for two, um, and then Singapore was today. Yes. Whew. Keeping up with my fantasy GP has been
0: awful. It's been a challenge.
1: Now, I will tell you that for part of our vacation, I was in first place. I am no longer.
0: So, before we get to any of that, and I'm not, we're not going to cover all the stories we missed, because there was a lot. Monza was... From what we understand, the end of Monzo was fairly controversial and we didn't see it. We heard pieces about it, but we did not see it. And it's probably good we didn't see it because it sounds like we would have been angry.
1: And we were on vacation and we were not <coughs> doing angry.
0: Yeah. But. So the, this is
1: the highlights. kind The of like,
0: highlights of some of it. And most of it's really around what's what happened in the last week. But we... we we would be remiss if we did not talk about the release of the new calendar, the, the 2023 calendar, and a record-breaking 24 race season.
1: It is insane.
0: And I'm hearing rumors that they're trying to figure out how to do 25.
1: When are the teams <coughs> going to turn around and go, this is not feasible?
0: It, it does make me wonder.
1: And, you know, I was thinking about this when you shockingly told me that they went to a 24 race schedule. One, I have to tell you, I'm getting exhausted and I don't think that, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. Um, but two, and this is the really key piece of this, they, Formula One. And the drivers have been pushing for a more sustainable Formula One. Because keep in mind, they're burning fossil fuels like nobody's business. They've got quite the carbon footprint. And they're talking about more sustainability. And yet they keep adding races. I don't understand how they square that circle. And buying carbon offsets is not it.
0: No, carbon offsets is not it. And and I get that... Formula One, and in in particular, Liberty Media, is trying to figure out how you accommodate the demand that is being generated by the increased popularity of the sport. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I, I get that. But something's got to give here.
1: Out of vague curiosity... How many games does the average football team play American football like
0: I want to say in 12. total it's maybe 16
1: So these it, that's what I'm like these are athletes and they're playing playing they are driving more events and it's not just like it's one race it's a weekend
0: of work it, it's a it, it's a full weekend of work. I mean the closest comparison honestly, is probably either Major League Baseball because they do over 100... I want to say it's like 116 or 120 games a season, and most teams are playing six to seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, The NBA may be pretty close to it. I don't think the NHL is quite as packed a schedule. I mean, yes, it is still a weekend-focused event. But like you said, there's the packing, there's the unpacking. It's not... I mean, for a major league team, it, it's really a bunch of suitcases and a lot of it is in place and it, it's not as challenging. Here you've got two full garages that need to get set up, plus hospitalities, plus all this other stuff. It, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how... how this is going to be sustainable for too much longer
1: well okay <clears throat> if you th- if you think about like on-field action equaling a, a a session probably is probably going to net out to be about a major league baseball season but the baseball stadiums have facilities for the home and the away teams so they're not mm-hmm. transporting their workout equipment they're not transport
0: building a locker room
1: (laughs) they're not building a locker room they are not transporting their ice baths and their all of Mm -hmm. that they're transporting the people and the physios and all of that and the equipment that they need to play the game which is the number of baths and somebody's bringing the balls and their gloves and their hats and their uniforms and then you compare that to formula one where they're bringing in highly technical equipment building from the ground up and not just the garages and the pit you know populating even if the pit is a permanent structure they still have to put all of their tools all of the equipment in and out they have to label the thing they've got to hang all of their signage so
0: honestly what we need at this point truly is for the FIA to step in. Yeah. And for the FIA to truly be the international regulating and promoting body of motorsport and for them to step in and look at what's happening in Formula One and go, whoa, you know, look, this th- this isn't sustainable, this isn't right, this isn't going to work, but clearly we have a strong international demand for autosport and maybe it's looking at how you can raise the profile of some of these other series whether that's WEC you know some combination of WEC and Le Mans and MotoGP and Formula E and potentially even IndyCar to turn around and fill the gap so that in the offseason of Formula One, all of those fans have other autosport avenues to follow and get excited about.
1: Yeah, but that would require them to work together with the other <coughs> motorsports and they don't want to do well, that.
0: Well, no. What it requires is the FIA to truly be the governing regulatory body and promoting body for international autosport that it's supposed to be. That's, that's what it would require. It wouldn't require necessarily the other motorsports to cooperate with each other. It would require the FIA to step in and play regulator and actually figure out how do we raise the profile of these sports so that the global fans who love Formula One don't view these other series as lesser than mm-hmm. and consider them to be alternates in other parts of the season and raise motorsport in general as opposed to just Formula One.
1: I would, I mean, honestly, I think that's, that would that's be logical. Not, that's logical. Therefore, it will never happen. And what it will actually happen is the teams go, we cannot support this Mm -hmm. and the only way the teams are going to get to the point of being able to support it is they're going to wind up with separate teams and you're going to wind up with oh spa has this group of mechanics and this group Mm of of you know pit crew, and when you've got somebody that's on a championship run and you know they don't change their underwear because it's all superstition and everything like that, well, now we're going to kill a pit crew because we can't have a different pit crew, yeah. Um, you know, that's where you're really going to see the burnout happen.
0: So l- let's look at the calendar. What we know for a fact, for starters, when, when this came out, is that the French Grand Prix has been removed again. And on one hand Yay. It, well, on, on one hand, yay, because Paul Ricard wasn't a great race. It wasn't a great venue. On the other, it's a shame that, that there's no other options in in France. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a grade one certified track. We could go back to MagnaCorps, but MagniCorps isn't hosting. But what we have for the calendar, so we start off still starting in March. So at least there's that. Uh, Starting off March 5th in Bahrain, race two is Saudi Arabia. And then again, from Saudi Arabia, we go to Australia, just like we did uh, this past year, or this current year. Mm -hmm. On April 16th, race four is Formula One's return to China. The Chinese Grand Prix will be back April 16th, 2023. Okay. From there, we go to Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. And then from Azerbaijan to Miami, yeah, I know. Miami will be May 7th, um, followed by uh, Imola. And it's only being listed as the Amelia Romana Grand Prix. Maybe because we don't have all the sponsor stuff in there. Okay. Right now, It's technically, Imola is the Amelia Romana Grand Prix, because that's the region that it's in. <clears throat> from Imola, we go to Monte Carlo. Okay. And, and this is where things have shifted because it traditionally, it's been Barcelona and then Monaco. But actually, for 23, we go to Monte Carlo, then we go to Barcelona.
1: But it's still, Labor Day, uh, it's still Memorial Day weekend, correct?
0: Uh, the Monaco Grand Prix is Memorial Day weekend or May 28th for those of you not in the U.S., Um, With the Spanish Grand Prix moving to June 4th, followed on June 18th by the Canadian Grand Prix. From there, we go to Austria, then to Silverstone on July 9th. July 23rd is the Hungarian Grand Prix, but that is not the start of the summer break. The following weekend, July 30th, we go to Spa. Spa is the last event before the summer break.
1: Spa's not the first event after the summer break.
0: And Spa's only on a one year deal.
1: Oh, that's true. They are.
0: Yeah. So Spa is July 30th, and then the series returns on August 27th in Zandvoort. And from Zandvoort to Monza, to Singapore, Japan, then Cutter returns on October 8th. that's listed as La Salle. And I think La Salle has been rebuilt.
1: They were building the new facility. Yeah. Because the first track that was in Qatar that they raced at was not the one that they are going to after the World Cup.
0: And then from Qatar to the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin, Mexico, uh, Sao Paulo, then the series goes to Las Vegas for the Saturday night race. And then from there to Abu Dhabi for the season finale on November 26th. So not going into December, but it is a packed calendar.
1: It's a packed calendar, and I didn't realize that Vegas was going to be the penultimate race. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: So, yeah, that's that's the calendar we've got, and they're talking potentially 25 for the following year.
1: I really think that they need to think about every other year deals with some of these tracks. I mean, I don't like not going to some of these places, but we're going to have... It's just too many races. It's just too many races. Yeah. I love the races, but it's too many races.
0: So, on top of that, approved this week. So, it didn't get approved when the calendar was approved, but it was approved this week. Six sprint races will be held in 2023. They have not figured out what the venues will be for those uh, sprints as of yet, but they have approved six sprint races. I know I'm not excited about it either, but there you go.
1: I I don't know why we keep trying this, but (coughs) yeah. Didn't it rate really low on the fan survey? But well, you remember we want to give the fans what they want. Yeah. Okay. Speaking hey, of what fans want.
0: <laughs> so actually this this is more in line with the, you know, any publicity is apparently good publicity. The fake marina in Miami. Mm-hmm. You remember the one with the The, the Painted Water? The, the ten yachts and the vinyl <laughs> water in the yes. infield. It, that everybody mocked? hmm Well, apparently the organizers of the Miami Grand Prix, even even though everybody made fun of it, they're like, but everybody, it's, it's all over social media. They're so it showing, must be awesome. They're, it, they're showing it everywhere. So, you know, they're publicizing the race for us. So this is cool. They're bringing it back.
1: Do you know how much the Miami promoters are pushing ticket sales already for the Miami Grand Prix?
0: Oh, I've been seeing him in my Facebook feed for the last month. I
1: know and they are pushing last hard. Last week,
0: Vegas started popping up. They're pushing hard. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Well, the marina's coming back. Mm-hmm. Now they are. They've said that they are going to be make making some improvements, adding um,
1: actual water.
0: No, that it, it, it's it's still going to be fake. Um, they're also bringing back the the official F one fan zone, which I should hope that they would do. Because you know, it'd be kind of silly if they didn't have the official fan zone, um, at an F one race. But you know, whatever. Um, they're also bringing back the Hard Rock Beach Club. So that was the beach club next to the marina with the beach along the fake water. Yes. So it, it seemed to be a cool place. They're adding um more uh more shade for starters because. Folks complained that there was no shade. They're adding more water stations um, and more trackside viewing platforms around the track. Uh, In addition, they're adding 56,000 grandstand seats around the track for fans, which is an increase of 3,000.
1: Okay. So they're adding 3,000 additional seats.
0: Yeah, for fifty six thousand total. Hey, I'm just reading the way it was way it was written in
1: here. Ah, it was poorly written. It,
0: it was. Um, but yeah, three thousand more people are going to see the spectacle yeah. that is the Miami Grand Prix. Awesome. And for those of you that are not going to see it in person, you know, who would much rather watch this on T V and not be part of that crush. <laughs> and actually I think this is this is somewhat good news Um, only because I don't know what the exact one of the the things that happened in one of the breaks that we had is what the American deal is going to look like Mm -hmm. for broadcast rights however for those of you in the UK and Ireland and have access to um, Sky Sports F1 the agreement has been extended now through 2029
1: so if you would like to learn more about this (coughs) you too could press the red button
0: Unless, you know, there you is live in the no- U.S. and there is no red button and you're out of luck. I did find that there is a way we can get the red button on our special Apple TV. Oh. It's our special Apple TV, though. It is the special. Not the regular Apple TV.
1: No, it is the special Apple TV. How much would that cost
0: us? I don't think it does. I think it's on Freeview TV.
1: Oh. That app. Okay. Okay.
0: I have to double check again. I had seen it once. But typically, since we watched the races, time shifted. It didn't make sense to go and look at the, the red button at that point because that was live stuff. All right. So, anyway, Sky is extending their deal through 2029, which I assume means that the full broadcast team of 9 million XF1 drivers and two <laughs> random dudes <laughs> will continue. <laughs> two random dudes
1: and Ted Kravitz I would not talk about Ted Kravitz, and Ted Kravitz. No way. I don't think he's a random dude no, no two
0: random dudes and Ted Kravitz
1: you know could I make a suggestion <coughs> that we could possibly re- retire Nico Rosberg
0: I would be good with that I would be totally okay with Nico Rosberg not coming to another race
1: Yes. More Jensen. Okay. Less Nico.
0: So, um, yeah. Till 2029. We'll see what happens in the U.S. Um, I know there was some talk. They A, they renegotiated the deal, and the deal was signed, but I don't. I didn't. Ca- I think it's staying with ESPN for a lot more money mm-hmm. than it was in the past. But I. Don't know if it included ESPN changing the package. Interesting. Or possibly adding their own broadcast team. I'm good with it staying with the Sky team.
1: I like the Sky team.
0: If anything, I'd like more of the Sky's coverage. Because we don't get... Sky does that we don't get in the U.S. another hour of post-race analysis. Mm -hmm. We used to... When we used to watch the BBC coverage through through the special Apple TV... um, (laughs) We, we used to watch the the extra hour of coverage, not just from from uh, BBC, but from channel Four as well, when they were carrying the live races. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do the same hour of pre and post for qualifying as well. And we don't get any of that coverage in the u.S now. No, no.
1: And I think we get one less hour of the pre-race. I think there's an extra hour of pre-.
0: No, because we get like an hour and a half of pre-race now with, with the, the... The Grand race. Prix Sunday. Yeah, Grand Prix Sunday.
1: I thought we missed a piece <coughs> of the early bit of Grand we,
0: Prix Sunday. We, so initially, when when ESPN first carried it and they first ca- started carrying Sky's pre-race, they only carried the, the last half hour of that coverage. So typically they joined right around the time of the grid walk. Mm-hmm. And you lost anything that they talked about before So it was great when they had that focus on, um, I think it was Renault for the weekend and we didn't know anything about it until they were on the grid walk. And hey, we're following Renault all weekend and here let's talk about all of this stuff. That we've talked about that. We didn't know anything about it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But at least, you know, the other big thing for ESPN when you're listening to the show is please keep the race commercial Commercial free. free.
0: Yes, and I think that was part of the agreement, is that at least that is staying commercial-free. Really appreciate that. That has been a big improvement of coverage, especially over what we got from NBC Sports and Speed, because neither one of them um, kept it commercial-free.
1: Correct. Now, the thing was, the advantage to the... Um, Speed and NBC Sports when they had it was that they had their own commentators so when it came back from commercials they actually knew they were commercials and did a summary and caught things up um, in their commentating Sky doesn't do commercials therefore they don't (laughs) do that and you just missed it
0: yeah that was especially when they were cutting the commercials mid-sentence for a commentator oh that was rough that was rough that year
1: or the, and the commercials and with the picture so that you didn't, you saw the picture, but you couldn't see what was going on yeah, and they had shrunk it down it. so much. You couldn't see, really see it. Yeah. And that was always when there was an accident or a great pass or a something happened. Um, it never happened when they weren't at commercial that year. That yeah. was awful.
0: So other things that happened.
1: Things that aren't let's let's talk, about
0: the, let's talk about the driver market. Okay. Because, because... There's been some things that have occurred there while while we were gone.
1: While we were sleeping?
0: Yeah. Well, we, while we, we were, were awake, too. <laughs> Even while we were awake, it happened then, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, for starters, Joe Guan Yu has gotten another year with Alfa Romeo. Uh, so, he will be remaining partnered with Valtteri Bottas in 2023. Um, however, unsurprisingly.
1: Anybody who is surprised by this announcement is not watching F1.
0: Um, Nick Latifi has been um, released from the team. Now, he was on a three-year deal to begin with um, because of the, the funding and the pay for his seat to begin with. So the contract was up this year. Uh-huh. So on one hand, it wasn't a surprise that, that Nick was going to be going at the end of this year anyway. The fact that he hasn't been performing, especially against Albin, um, just kind of sealed the deal for him
1: there. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest... <clears throat> He spent his first two years at Williams up against George. And George mm-hmm. is obviously really good. Um, and so I could see them going, okay, well, one more year, let's see what you're doing. But we know where Alvin falls in the the pecking order. And you're still not doing good against Albans. It's
0: time. Well, you know, if you look at 2021 performance and, and you look at um, where he performed against George and compared to George, remember... Nick got points first that season.
1: He did.
0: Now, yes, for two years straight, George outqualified him every single weekend. Yeah. But race pace, every once in a while, Nick would would slide ahead of him. But yeah, this year it, it it's been no contest. I mean, Al, Albin's left him in the dust. Yeah. It, it's it's been. So, yeah, not a surprise that uh, Nick Latifi is out of a seat and quite likely out of F1.
1: That seems reasonable.
0: Yeah. Um, then there's been a lot of question about Pierre Gasly. So, technically, and, and we mentioned this a couple of months ago, Pierre has a seat for 2023. He's supposed to be remaining with AlphaTora. They They've confirmed the contract. But now that there's been the games over at Alpine and Sebastian Vettel announcing his retirement, which caused folks to move around and Alpine lost out on their their contract bid for Oscar Piastri, they're sniffing around Pierre. And it sounds like he may be a leading candidate to go over to Alpine.
1: It would probably make them very happy.
0: Well, I'd give him a pair of French drivers, but there is that question of how well um, Pierre and Esteban are going get to get along with each other. I mean, we have seen, and we saw it when, when Pierre w- was over at Red Bull, that when he feels like he needs to prove himself and he needs to show that he is a leader on that team, he can be a little abrasive. Mm-hmm. And... Esteban doesn't always get along with who he's paired with. He didn't get along with Sergio Perez at all. He's apparently had run-ins with Pierre in the past. So this could be an interesting pairing and not for the right reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think you said something about that he should know in the next two to three There will be an announcement about him in the next two to three weeks. He's
0: expecting something in the next two to three weeks around his future and let him know what's happening. So where does that leave the market? Where does that leave the teams as we know today? So for starters, over at Red Bull, we know Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, they're not going anywhere. They are staying with the team. Same thing over at uh, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Um, Both will be remaining with the team. Um, Charles has a contract through 2024. Now, it does beg the question. It it makes you wonder. If Ferrari has another season like they have this year, Mm -hmm. where... They have a very strong chance of winning the title and they throw it away through very, very, very stupid mistakes. Is Charles going to wait till 24?
1: Well, where would he go?
0: I think if Charles wanted, if Charles put himself on the market, he would be a hot property.
1: Oh, he'd be a hot property. But the question <clears throat> is could he go to a team that would be in the top three? I, that, it, he's it only depends, going to put himself on the market. At it depends on Hamilton.
0: How, well, there, there's that too. If Lewis decides that, that he's going to throw in the towel, um, but it, it, I think it also depends on the level of frustration that he has with Ferrari.
1: Well, I can understand that, and I agree with you, but I think it's going to be we're we're all going to be watching Hamilton, honestly.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of Mercedes, so confirmed next year is Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, so no changes there. Now, over at Alpine, that's where it starts to get a little bit interesting. So Alonzo has left. They lost dibs on Piastri. The seat's open. Um, it does sound like they're going to pass on Daniel Ricciardo. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think th- their reasons for passing on Daniel Ricciardo are probably more due to Otmar than anybody else. Um, but it looks like they're going to pass on um, Daniel Ricciardo. Right now, Pierre Gasly seems to be at the top of their list. Um, but it sounds like they're they're looking really closely at Nick DeVries, who's over in Formula E, um, Jack Doohan and Antonio Giovinazzi. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of what Red Bull wants to do with Gasly. Um yeah. I think Gasly knows that... If he's going to have a future in F1, he's got to get out of the Red Bull camp at this point. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. So over at McLaren, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri replacing Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. Um, Alfa Romeo, no changes over there now. Valtteri Bottas will be alongside uh, Joe Guan Yu. The next question is Haas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know... We wouldn't have thought this in oh February of last the beginning of February of last year that the one driver that would be confirmed to be going into 2023 was Kevin Magnuson. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> so K Mag's coming back, but they haven't confirmed Schumacher.
0: They have not confirmed Schumacher and they've been very adamant that they are not willing to confirm Schumacher at this point. Not that he is out of the picture. But that they're not willing to confirm Schumacher at this point. Um, it does sound like um, they're talking about maybe Ricardo or Giovinazzi as potentials, but oddly enough, it sounds like the one that they're most interested in is Nico Hulkenberg. Really? And I mean, we like Hulk. He's, he's a great character. He, he is a good driver. And it was a shame that he got squeezed out of F1. But he's been out of the series now for two years.
1: Well, there's that. Now, was the stat that I heard today, <clears throat> I think this is right, that Nick Latifi is fighting Hulkenberg for his position? No, posi- Schumacher. Schumacher is fighting Hulkenberg for the position, the points position. It's points. Oh. Because keep in mind, Hulkenberg drove this year. Yes. And Hulkenberg has points.
0: Yes. Okay. That's... I didn't know which stat you were going with. I thought it was along the lines of the position. No, I wasn't talking about... Okay.
1: Yeah. It was was that realization that some of our bottom players here, and it may be Latifi that was fighting Hulkenberg for a spot in the pecking order for points... And Latifi has driven how many more races?
0: Well, okay, you think about that. And you've got Nick Latifi, who is down at the bottom of the barrel with no points. And you've got Nico Hulkenberg, who's got points this season. And more than that, you've got Nick DeVries, Mm -hmm. who drove against Latifi and has points on the season in his one race. Right. I mean, that's really...
1: Yeah. Latifi can't win against reserve and substitute drivers.
0: But, you know, for how many races was it that Nico Hulkenberg, in his one race, had more points than the regular driver on that same team, Lance Stroll?
1: Mm -hmm. True.
0: And when Nico came in, he blew Stroll out of the water. See? one race.
1: So yes, he's been out of Formula One for two years, but he's not been out of the car for two years.
0: He's the first
1: one that when he gets the call, he's like, yeah, sure, I'm back. I'll come. So maybe they're not, maybe this is a crazy like a Fox moment.
0: So you've got two fire drivers that that Haas is going to take.
1: Well, you know. Problem is, I don't think Nico Hulkenberg and K-Mag get along.
0: So, you know, we talked about this last year mm-hmm. and, and about that possibility, and they've both claimed that this is water under the bridge and, and not an issue.
1: Oh, maybe I, they hugged it out.
0: That's that's what they claim, is that, you know, they, they were just both upset with each other and, you know, they can play nice in the sandbox. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You know, we we asked that question over at, at Renault about Renault possibly taking the pair of them and, and how dangerous and explosive that could be. So, yeah. <clears throat> so over at Alphatora, again, like I mentioned, as of right now, technically, Pierre Gasly has a contract for 23 to drive for Alpha Tori. Um Yuki Sonoda is confirmed that he will be returning for 23 now if Pierre Gasly goes away there's the question of well who would replace him so while we were gone Red Bull tried and failed to get a waiver for super license points for Colton Herta, so that he would get eligibility to drive now we've heard talk that that wasn't actually real Mm. that it was a PR stunt more than anything else because um, a lot of folks felt that there was absolutely no way that the FIA was going to grant that exemption. And that if and that if Red Bull was serious about going this route, they could have entered him in one of the winter seasons to earn the to, to earn, earn points. Or about two or three other ways that they could have gone about earning the exemption or getting him the points that he needed. And instead they chose to ask for a waiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of folks who were like, if the FIA grants this waiver, it it, it means that the the super license system's a joke mm-hmm. and needs to get tossed out the window. Um, now there were a lot of American drivers that jumped up and were like, well, you know, this just proves that that they don't want us. I, I'm I'm not quite sure I agree with that, but I think that you know maybe there does need to be a better evaluation of IndyCar mm-hmm. and what IndyCar experience means to. The super license. Right. That that may be what it is. Um, so Colton Hurd is out of the question. Um, there is talk that maybe Nick DeVries, but by the way, Nick DeVries is 27 years old. Wow. He's not a young driver. Wow. Yeah.
1: I didn't realize he was that old. So, I mean, not that 27 is old.
0: Well, for, for Formula One and race drivers, it is at the older end of the scale, especially for a rookie driver.
1: For a rookie, yes, but Alonso's 40.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but most of the field is a lot younger than that and started at a younger age. Um, but Nick DeVries is considered to be a leading candidate. He's met with Marco, um, with, with Helmet Marco. It's believed that Liam Lawson, who is really the only one left in their system right now, he, that he's not ready. He wouldn't get that promotion. Yeah. Um, so over to Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso, and of course, th- there's Lance. Um, nobody actually knows how long Lance's contract is or anything. <laughs> but but kind of the assumption is that Lance can drive for as long as Lance wants to drive and Lawrence owns the team. So it, it's just a natural assumption that Lance is confirmed for next year because daddy owns the team. So over at Williams, we had that great announcement by Alex. <laughs> yes. That he is remaining with the team for 23.
1: He would like to confirm that he actually does have a contract. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but there's the the vacancy for, for Nick Latifi. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that they are interested in Nick DeVries, and they've spoken to him as well. Um, but again, like we mentioned... Alpine's kind of interested in him. Um, Alpha Tori's kind of interested in him. So he he could go either way. Um, should Nick DeVries not be available, uh, there's a lot of talk that Williams Driver Academy Logan or, or Driver Academy member Logan Sargent, who is currently in Formula 2. He's an American driver. He is the next likely potential option for them. Oh, okay. Um if he misses out on a top five a top five finish in F2, um, he would not have enough points for a super license, though. Um that means they could move to Jack Dewan. Um there's also the possibility of maybe Mick. Mm. If You know these other options don't pan out. In a way, I kind of could see them going for Mick before going with Jack Doohan or even Logan Sargent, but I don't know. Um, Folks are saying that Daniel Ricciardo is still in the mix, but they're also saying that it's looking more likely that Daniel is going to step away for a year. Um, There has also been a lot of talk when it comes to Daniel about a reserve role with Mercedes.
1: Mm, That's interesting.
0: Which... You know, it, that seems to be a no-brainer deal for me for Mercedes. Snatch him, see if you can get him into the camp. And then, you know, if you can rekindle his excitement, yeah, then see if you can farm him out to, um, to Williams or possibly even to, to Aston Martin. Because we know Toto and Lawrence get along really well.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Toto's going to have to pull Lawrence <clears> aside someday and go, you know, you could have more points if Lance didn't drive for you
0: well there's that too <laughs> so we, we we still hear some rumbling about Antonio Giovinazzi um, we know he's tested for Alpine um, he's been at the back of the Formula E grid with Dragon Racing so he hasn't really been doing all that great we've seen him pop into IndyCar every once in a while but yeah I, I don't know
1: yeah he didn't light us on fire
0: yeah So the big controversy this week is, and and I'm not entirely sure where it started, but rumor came raging out of the paddock. Um, I first heard about it through through some fiery comments coming from Toto Wolff, but it sounds like um, Mattia Bonotto over at Ferrari has been just as vocal. And we've heard from... um, Uh, from Williams as well, their own opinions. But there is talk that not one but two teams have exceeded the cost cap for the 2021 season. Not the 22 season, but the 2021 season.
1: So what does that mean? I mean, okay, I get. You spent more than you were supposed to spend. I know what that means. But what does it mean for the team if they exceeded the cost cap?
0: So first off, as a reminder, is was $145 million cost cap last year. Um, there are a couple of different ways that they could go when it comes to uh, penalties. Um, one could be um, a loss of points, an unspecified number of points from the season, but could be as far as a complete exclusion from the championship that season which means that everything that they did from that season would be wiped from the books.
1: Okay, is it just me? Okay. Or does it seem like it's really weird that, you know, we've already done the award ceremony, we've already renumbered cars, we've already, you know, declared people to be champions. And nobody's done the accounting to confirm that they didn't get disqualified because they spent too much money until it is now October.
0: Well, that that's the, the timelines. So, so the way this works is at the end of the season, after everything has happened, that's when the the books get submitted for review and audit to make sure final compliance. And actually, the teams get a certificate. At, when this is all done saying that they were in compliance it's a compliance certificate if you fail to get that compliance certificate you are in breach of the regulations but it takes this long for that assessment to be completed to issue that compliance certificate
1: You so would that's think, normal you would think that if I have to file my income taxes every year and I have a specific date and they can like go back and look at that pretty darn quickly we could do this a little faster don't you think?
0: They don't have the IRS behind them, and you're talking one hundred and forty five million dollars to review and all of those pieces. so there, there's two different tiers mm-hmm. uh, that, that the the way the rules are set out that, that you could have a breach a minor breach, which is less than a five percent overspend okay, okay? Um, penalties can include a public reprimand.
1: Mm. Don't, don't do, do it that. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: a deduction of constructors or drivers championship points exclusion from events limitations on aero testing or a fine that's 5%. If you have a material overspend it's deemed as a more than 5% over the limit there are stricter sanctions as options including deduction of driver or constructors championship points suspension from events limits on aero testing and exclusion from the championship or a future reduction in the cost cap. Mm. So what the rumor has said is that there are two teams that exceeded the cost cap, the $145 million cost cap for 2021. The rumor is saying that one of them was a minor breach and one was a material breach.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Along with that, the rumor is saying that one team was Aston Martin and the other was Red Bull. So Aston Martin has been silent on the matter. Possibly because I think Lawrence learned his lesson when he gave his his statement (laughs) over the copycat scandal.
1: Right. Right.
0: So we we have not heard anything from Aston Martin on this. Um, We have heard quite a bit from Mercedes, and we have heard quite a bit from um, Ferrari. Um, Toto's been fairly fiery Mm. on the topic. Um and, and his frustration, the thing that, that he has argued about a lot with this, not the least of which is obviously that it was Red Bull. And if Red Bull was overspending and won the championship by a point and it was already controversial. Yeah. That's annoying. But according to Toto, in order to make sure that they were under the cost cap, Mercedes laid off over 40 people. Mm-hmm. So 40 people lost their job in order to make sure that Mercedes didn't get penalized. And if either of these teams, and, and, and not just if it was those, if it was any team. So they cheated and 40 people lost their job. Right. So I, I can understand the frustration there. Um, Ferrari has come out and said that they think that the maximum penalty should be handed out to anybody who broke the cost cap, which if Mattia's throwing that down.
1: Generally probably means it's not Mattia.
0: I was going to say, he's fairly confident that Ferrari's going to get their certificate. Yeah,
1: Or he already got the certificate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think that that the certificates. So we've heard from the FIA and all that they've said is that they're going to make a statement around who gets the certificates on Wednesday of this coming week. So I don't know if Ferrari's gotten it, but I think they're fairly confident in the record-keeping and the numbers that they submitted that they don't think that there's a risk, that it's going to be them. I had
1: a curiosity <clears throat> question. Okay. What what penalty has Christian Horner come out and said that should be sent down?
0: Well, he had, he refuses to comment on the possibility that any other team... Has broken the cost cap. What he has said, though, is that despite the allegations and despite the rumors, he is confident in the numbers that they submitted and that the numbers that they submitted put the team below the cost cap.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And he has gone so far as to accuse the teams that are, that are going after Red Bull and claiming that Red Bull was the one who broke the cost cap, that these are defamatory statements and that Red Bull is considering taking action in light of those defamatory statements. But let's, uh, in, in all honesty, though, let's let's look at the conundrum here. And, and we, I heard a, a, a room, one of the, the many rumors around this that I heard this past week was that for a breach of less than five percent, regardless of who it was that the FIA is unlikely to take any action, which I'm not sure. I I, I think the reality is if they were unlikely, it's going to be that they'll issue a reprimand and don't do it again. And it's the first year, and maybe they're giving them a little bit of grace, which I kind of get, but I'm also like, you you set this cost Mm cap, You set this was the rule. You, can, you, you don't then turn around and go, well, you know, you're, you're just a little bit over, especially considering what? Last week you gave one driver a penalty for being one mile over the speed limit in the pit lane. And this week you gave another driver a penalty for being a half a mile of an hour over the speed limit.
1: But keep in mind, they draw little white lines all the way around the track and tell the drivers whether or not they're going to enforce track limits so they're negotiable about limits
0: (laughs) well it's it's not even so much that and 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 i get you know it's formula one and it's game that formula one plays and this has always been the the motivation and the driving and and the way they 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 behaved the teams behaved but Normally, as you know, in Formula One, all loopholes are used yeah. <laughs> to cheat if necessary, as long as you don't get
1: caught. And,
0: yeah. and and I get that. But again, let's look at the precedents here. If any team, any team, I mean, let's say it was Haas. And, and if my phone starts ringing from Gene, it's an example. I'm not I'm not throwing an allegation here. But but if it was Haas that broke the cap last year by 5% and the FIA said, all right, yeah, just don't do it again, you know, we, we set the cost cap and, and, and do better, what do you think the odds are that the following year four other teams are going to go well you know as long as we keep it around three percent they're probably going to leave us alone so let's do it
1: i know that's exactly what that's good that's that's my concept of the white line around the track Mm -hmm. oh well don't gain a material advantage well the reason they're pushing on that white line is because they believe they're going to get an advantage so they're going to go right up to it and as long as you're not always looking at that line they're going to go over every single time yeah I agree with you. What they're going to wind up doing is, yes, I agree with you, a minor offense, they're going to wind up with a reprimand and they're going to use the phrase something like next year we will be deducting approximately X number of points. And should we have done it this year for that level of a a breach, it would not have changed the standings. That's the way they will say it so that they're not, they're not giving any penalty to The minor breach, but they're making the threat.
0: But the problem that they're going to run into is that if, in fact, this was Red Bull, Mm -hmm. even if it was a minor breach, if this was Red Bull and they hand them a reprimand on top of the rules that everyone has acknowledged were ignored at the last race of the season,
1: yeah, they're getting the last
0: thing they need is yet more controversy swirling around the championship that had nothing to do with the actual racing and actual competition mm-hmm. and now you're going to go well yeah we know you overspent even though you weren't supposed to and you know you 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 take the championship away from max cuz you dock them a point or two points how does that work? How, I mean,
1: well, that's the thing. That's, I mean, that's the thing. Let's, let's, per, let's take it to an extreme. Let's pretend that it's Red Bull that was the material breach. Okay. Now you, you probably got to do something. Mm-hmm. And you do what? You say, okay, we're not going to stand for this. With all the other controversy that happened last year, we're going to clean this up in one fell swoop. You are disqualified for the championship last year. You have a material breach on your cost cap. You already declared him champion. Mm-hmm. He's put one on his car. He's put
0: you engraved the trophy.
1: You engraved. What are you gonna? You're gonna pretend that none of that happened because you've now retroactively... You, what are you gonna do? Have another ceremony and go? Hi, Lewis. We're really sorry. Like, they're up against... That's what I mean by mm-hmm. it's taken 10 months after the season closed for them to get to the point because they didn't expect anybody to have a breach. It's really why it's taken 10 months. They didn't expect anybody to push the limit. Uh, I,
0: I don't know about that. Because of the way the accounting works and, and the process. I, I don't think that... The, well, maybe when they set the rules, they didn't ex- expect there to be a breach. This isn't a matter of... They're just dragging their feet because, oh, crap, what do we do? I I, I don't think because the way this works the, is that when those certificates are issued or not issued. When that date happens that those certificates are supposed to go out, if, if a team is found to have broken the breach and they don't issue the certificate, then there's a hearing. Mm-hmm. There has to be a hearing. And it's at the hearing that when the penalty is, when the penalty is determined. So on Wednesday, if we find out that it, it, in fact, Red Bull and Aston Martin don't get these certificates, that's it from the FIA's perspective. They've done what they need because now it's referred to this hearing and it's the hearing that, that goes and makes that decision. So it's not like they're dragging their feet because no, the next process is, that's where they figure out where the penalty is. And what I think is, and, and it's going to feel wholly unsatisfactory, no matter who it is, but because it was, I mean, even if it was Mercedes, and Mercedes was the, the team who was accused, what they're going to end up doing, my bet, material or not, is it's going to be the reprimand, it's going to be a fine, it might be restrictions in the aero testing, And that's it. Mm
1: -hmm. And you're right. It will be wholly unsatisfying.
0: And it doesn't matter what team we're talking about. If that's what they do, even if we didn't have a championship, it wouldn't feel satisfying.
1: No. No. Because the reality is it won't feel satisfying unless the team truly suffers Mm -hmm. something like a loss of points, a reorganization of the undoing whatever is the perceived extra advantage that they bought themselves.
0: And, and the true impact around exclusion and loss of points and suspensions and stuff of that, really for the fans to feel like it mattered and had an impact and did anything, that stuff needs to happen, oh, November. Right. Of that season. Right. And the problem is, November of that season, because the season is still going on, the teams are still spending. They still have their books open. You can't go in and make that assessment in the middle of the season. Correct. I
1: mean, the best you could do, the best you could do is have like a quarterly update. Yeah. And be able to say, okay, everybody's tracking... That they're gonna come in on you know, what is your what is your quarterly spend, what is your quarterly prediction, you know, what's your forecast for next month? But that's the best you got. That doesn't mean that there's not a massive payment that happens in fourth quarter. But yeah, now, it's going to be unsatisfactory.
0: Now, my suspicion, and and again, this this is fully you no know, evidence that this is just assumptions and suspicions here. My suspicion is that if there was a team that massively and materially broke the cap, it wasn't Red Bull. Mm. I I, I don't honestly think that they did. I think if, because what we're hearing is one team materially broke it and one team had a minor infraction. My suspicion is that it's Red Bull that, if Red Bull broke the cap, they're the minors thing. And it's probably going to be something that, we're going to struggle to understand and explain when it comes out because it, it's going to be some weird accounting thing that they thought they could account for it this way but they somebody came out and said no you need to account for it this way and it, then, it's you that's know, it, my it's suspicion. the hospitality
1: person that they wanted to put in the marketing budget that's not in the cost cap and yeah. somebody decided oh no that person's got an engineering degree they have to be in the cost cap
0: that's my suspicion if if red bull broke the cap over with Aston Martin, I'm not convinced. And, and I, you know, we, we've had this conversation before. We know Lawrence is spending huge sums of money to build new facilities and do all of these things to try and give the team resources that it has not had as Jordan and has not had as Force India and every other guys of that team outside of Oxford. And we do or at least I don't understand how Lawrence can spend the money that he's spending and not get in trouble with the cost cap. Mm.
1: And the only way that that works is if there is a loophole for Mm -hmm. capital improvements or something, you know, facilities and things like that. Um, And that's the, that's the question is we don't have all the things that, into the cost cap because we do know that not everything the team spends is in the cost cap. It is not a matter of show me every check that you wrote and we just sit there and add it up. Much like my taxes, there are deductions. Mm -hmm. So,
0: So, in other penalties...
1: This is the penalty portion of the show. Yeah, and and
0: you know I think that that's really where we're going to wrap is on a bunch of penalties. Um, we probably won't talk about the race just because of everything else that that we've discussed in the meantime. Um, Alfa Romeo this week got fined ten thousand euros over a tire breach, and they didn't just get fined ten thousand euros over a tire breach. They got yelled at. They got yelled at a lot.
1: Okay, so what was their tire breach?
0: So, it. It was a procedural, and now, as I talk about what this is, put this in perspective about some of the penalties we talked about with the, the cost cap and, and impacting standings and things like that. So, teams are required to electronically return two sets of dry tires per dry, per driver within two hours of the end of free practice one. In addition, those tires have to be physically returned to Pirelli before free practice, too. And whether the tires are used or not, when they're returned, they get destroyed. Mm -hmm. So on Friday evening, the FIA noted that the tires of both Valtteri Bodas and Joe Guan Yu were not electronically returned in time. So at a hearing, the team admitted that it made a mistake and the team applied a fine of €5,000 for each car. However, this isn't the first time that they've had this problem. They've done it several times. They've been reprimanded multiple times, and they keep and and Alpha Romeo's response is, "Well, we, we've got a guy who's supposed to do it, but he tends to forget." Oh my, <laughs> yeah. So um. The stewards noted that for each car, the authorized representative of Alfa Romeo acknowledged the breach and explained that the engineer responsible for this task had overlooked doing so. The technical delegate had confirmed with the appointed tire supplier that while the electronic return had not occurred, the tires had been physically returned to the appointed tire supplier before the start of of practice two. Compliance with the electronic return protocol is important. They monitor the usage of tires so that allocated tires are not misused. According to the technical delegate, he has had to remind this team a number of times this season to submit electronic returns which have been overlooked. This was not disputed by the team representative.
1: (laughs) Oh Yeah.
0: Now, this is where it's interesting. Although no sporting advantage could have been gained by the oversight in this case because the tires had been... physically returned and could not therefore be reused, a technical breach of the regulations has been committed. And as a result, they got fined for both cars. Okay. So think about that with the cost cap. We had a penalty that regardless of the breach of violations would not have given them an advantage and we still penalized the team. Yes.
1: Yes. Now, let's see what happens with this, with the cost cap.
0: Speaking of penalties, with no sporting advantage with them. So, Lewis and his jewelry. (laughs) Because the fact that we're talking about this, the fact that Lewis is still an issue with this, drives me batty. Mm -hmm. So... Lewis was spotted on Friday wandering around the track between practice sessions, possibly getting out of the car with the stupid nose ring that he's supposed to have had removed. So he got summoned to the stewards over it. But it gets worse than that. The team got summoned to the stewards because the the FIA has, for certain aspects allowed the teams to do self-scrutineering. Driver Jewelry is one of them. (laughs) And they specifically put in their self-scrutineering form that Lewis wasn't wearing the nose ring. But everybody could clearly see on TV, he was wearing the stupid nose ring. Mm -hmm. Now, Lewis's explanation, and apparently he had a doctor's note, that there is something that was being done so that it could be easily removed and put back in. and However, the piercing got infected. And the appropriate treatment was to keep the thing in until the infection cleared or whatever. As as
1: a person who has holes in her ears, not in my nose, but in my ears, that is the appropriate course of action should an infection occur is to keep the stud in place to keep the hole open while the infection is healing
0: so the doctor's note was brought to ian roberts at, at, during this hearing he said yeah it, it it's cool this this is legit he, he seems to be a real doctor and, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> he stated a holiday and express last night
0: didn't didn't get his degree from some online place on on the internets but seems to be a real doctor so accepted the doctor's note and they did not penalize Lewis for it. However, Mercedes got fined twenty five thousand Euro. euros. Yeah, twenty five thousand euros for an inaccurate self scrutineering form for putting on the form that Lewis wasn't wearing the nose ring that he was wearing. Yeah, I, I wonder if that that has an impact on the cross cap.
1: That's why that was going to be my question. Like I started <laughs> when a team thinking, gets fined. I started thinking about you know you said think about this these penalties in light of the cost cap breach, and the first thing I thought of was it's going to be wholly unsatisfactory, and they're going to get a fine, and they're going to get reprimanded, and then my first thought is, is that fine part of the cost cap? How do they account for that? Yeah, be interesting to find out.
0: Now we know crash damage is part of it, which is part of the reason why Mick is in trouble with Haas and they may not keep him, because he cost him too much money at the start of the season. Yeah. Which I can only imagine how much trouble Nikita would have been in. <laughs>
1: Seriously.
0: So we've we've run along. I, I had fully planned on during this show talking about um the race and the rain that we had and Wet tires. Yes. Full wet tires. Because really, I I question why at this point Formula One bothers with them if they're not going to run them and, you know, but we're not going to get into that discussion. I'm actually going to call it because of how long the show ran. Maybe next week we'll, we'll talk about this if we remember, because I do think it's worth talking about the, you know, obviously safety is important, but. If, if you're not going to run the tires, why do you build them? Why are they part of
1: Because they're building a more sustainable future.
0: Yeah. So instead of doing that, we will wrap because we ran long. And we'll see what happens next week. We may or may not have a show. We're going to try and have a show.
1: You know, I looked at the calendar. October's looking good.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and on that note, we'll call it a show.